0: Welcome to the Long for Truth podcast. I'm Robin Long. Join my husband, Dan, and I as we explore the roots of the early Pentecostal and charismatic movements and we shine a light on false doctrines and false teachers in the modern church. Let's get started.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Long for Truth. My name is Daniel Long, and sitting next to me is my lovely wife, Robin. Hi, everyone. So today we are continuing our series on the New Apostolic Reformation. And we're going to be talking about the false prophets of the New Apostolic Reformation.
0: Right. And if you haven't um, been with us before, welcome. Mm. And if you go on our video library, you'll find a few other videos about the NAR. We have a video on apostles, Mm -hmm. the false apostles, and one on the Passion Translation. And we also have an overview.
1: Yep. And I'm planning on putting all of those in a neat little playlist so you can go and check those out whenever you would like to do that. All right. So um, we are going to start out with a definition of uh, what a profit is, according to the NAR folks.
0: Right. And why don't we look at a clip by James Gall, who's going to help us understand what a profit is.
2: So, when we hear the word prophet, I think a lot of us think of Isaiah and Ezekiel, Jeremiah, or, or maybe we know a little bit about New Testament, but for, for a Christian, can yes. ever I mean, who's a prophet? Can people, can, can our viewers out there, can that viewer say, Wait a minute. Now I'm not a prophet. How do I how do I move in that? Who who has the gift of prophecy?
3: Yeah. So there's a difference. You actually asked two questions already, <laughs> okay? So, who can have the gift of prophecy but also the distinction of a New Testament prophet? Yeah. So in one of the chapters in this book, the prophet, I talk about four different levels in prophetic ministry. So there's the occasional gift of prophecy, yeah. a consistent operation then there's the ministry of a prophecy and then there's the office of a prophet which is in ephesians chapter 4 verse 11. and so the gift of prophecy first corinthians 14 1 is for edification mm-hmm. exhortation and comfort but it does not include correction or direction okay but the office of a prophet is different they It includes that, but it's more governmental. Ephesians 2 20, the church is built on the foundation of Jesus and apostles and prophets. And so then prophets are equippers to help others like pastors Mm -hmm. are equippers to help others do what they're gifted in. Prophets are equippers who help others do what they are gifted in, which is primarily how to hear God's voice today.
1: This guy's talking in circles. I hope I, that makes it clear. I, yeah. <laughs> um, okay. I do not understand how you can distinguish between the gift of prophecy and a prophet. <laughs> I, we
0: give an expression to the impression.
1: It does not make any sense whatsoever. Um, but I, I think uh, maybe the next definition will be a little bit more clear. That'll
0: help a little bit. And like Danny said, so James Gall is basically saying you can have the gift of prophecy and many of these people. People say that we can all prophesy. Everybody can prophesy, but you can't hold the office of prophet. That's a special thing.
1: So the pro- the gift of prophecy is a gift, and the entire church can have it. And yet, the, the apostle Paul says in First Corinthians that not all speak in tongues, not all are pro- or not all prophesy. So I mean, I guess you know you can just kind of put any thing you want any spin you want on that biblical definition right so.
0: so we're going to go to another definition to hopefully clarify a little bit we're going to the icpl which is the international coalition of prophetic leaders so this is like a network of prophetic leaders and if you don't mind i'm going to quickly zap over to their website so you can take a look at them this is a picture of russ moyer and Um, the definition of the ICPL. It's primarily an alliance where confirmed prophets are able to relate and to connect with one another. We desire to be a safe environment for emerging prophetic voices to explore their gifting among seasoned leaders. The coalition is just getting restarted. Join us. So if you're a prophet, an emerging prophet, and you need a safe place, you go to the ICPL. Um, They say that a prophet is defined by ICPL as a Christian leader gifted, taught, commissioned, and sent by God with the authority to establish the foundational government of a church or business within an assigned sphere by hearing what the Holy Spirit is saying and one who sets things in order accordingly for the growth and maturity of the group or complex of groups, churches or businesses. So now I guess, Danny, we find out that you can be a prophet of a church or you can be a prophet to businesses
1: Mm -hmm. yeah that's all part of this whole seven mountains mandate uh, um teaching that they do um there within the in in the nar so yeah
0: absolutely so they're there to help establish the foundational government i guess as we build a a new church in a new location it needs a new foundational government which is going to be built by an, an apostle and a prophet
1: so prophets like James Gall and Bill Hammond and others, and we're going to get to Bill Hammond momentarily, but those prophets believe that they govern the church, and they hear directly from God, and they are speaking and giving their input to the apostles, and then the apostles are then giving it to the church as a whole. So it's the apostles and the prophets within the NAR that a lot are to, of teamwork Yeah, to, to govern the church. Yes. and here's the issue. The office of apostle and prophet are not laid out in Scripture, and you would think that if this office was to continue, be continuing on within the New Testament Church, that there would be direct um, instructions. Yes. For an apostle and a prophet. Now, aren't,
0: aren't there direct instructions for an elder? Exactly. And a deacon.
1: Exactly. Yes. They are laid out in Scripture. Direct instructions. For an elder and even deacons, but not apostles and prophets. Why is that? If that office is to be con- is to be continued throughout the entire New Testament church. Yeah,
0: that's a really good point. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about Doctor Bishop Bill Hammond, <laughs> who Doctor Bishop <laughs> prophet Bill prophet, Hammond
1: apostle. Bishop, Bill Hammond. You know
0: that song by Frank Sinatra? It's going through my head right now. That's life. That's what I'm thinking of when I think of Bill Hammond. He's done it all. So he has been a prophet for 60 years, and he is kind of the grand poobah of prophecy in the NAR, much like you would go to see Peter Wagner Mm -hmm. for anything foundational about the NAR. You would go to Bill Hammond and put those books on your shelf when it comes to information about prophecy, prophesying, becoming a prophet. Um, so he has been a prophet for 60 years. He says he's prophesied to more than 50,000 people. He's provided training for over 250,000 people, and he's actually up that to half a million now.
4: Mm.
0: He serves as bishop to over 3,000 ministers and churches. And... um the headquarters on five continents. Now the headquarters is his ministry is called Christian international ministry. So he's the head of that also. It's a premier prophetic ministry for over 45 years. uh, Again, networking all of these prophetic ministries, people together. Hmm. Um, and, And an arm of that is called global ministries. And the reason I'm bringing this up is I, we just wanted to read to you what their definition is, what they do. Yeah. And the purpose of Global Ministries, our purpose also is to help bring the church to full restoration of all things spoken by the prophets so that Christ Jesus can be released from heaven to return and establish his kingdom and lordship over all the earth. And I didn't know if you wanted to comment a little bit on that phrase so that Christ can be released from heaven.
1: Well, that comes from Acts chapter 3, verses uh, 19 through 21, and they build an entire doctrine on just a few passages of scripture okay. like this one right here.
0: So let's read Acts 3, 19 through 21. Repent, therefore, and turn back, that your sins may be blotted out, that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord, and that he may send the Christ appointed to you, Jesus whom heaven must receive until the time for restoring all the things about which God spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets long ago.
1: So Peter is speaking here and he's speaking in the temple and he is, uh, had just him and, and, uh, I believe it was John. And this is me not looking at the actual passage, but just going from memory where they healed a, a, um, a lame man and they've got mm-hmm. him standing up there and everybody comes running to, uh, Peter and John and, um, Peter's preaching, um, you know, uh, about repentance and calling those people to salvation. And that's the main uh, context of that passage. And then they're going to take that verse that says, uh, where is it here? Verse
0: 21, whom heaven
1: must receive receive until the time for restoring all the things about which God spoke months ago. Uh, by the mouth of his holy prophets long ago. What does that verse have to do with the NAR apostles?
0: Well, they make it sound like Jesus is stuck in heaven until we do something right. Right. And you were talking about that earlier, that we have to act in Mm -hmm. order to release the kingdom of God.
1: Yeah, this is all about, and that's what they do. They make this, they, they, they make this doctrine up that they say that Jesus is, Somehow, kind of stuck in heaven, and he can't come. He's waiting on his people to do something to act before he can come, because you know it all depends upon you. And that's the man-centered theology of the part of some of the man-centered theology of the New Apostolic Restoration talk. Mm -hmm.
0: Okay, so back to Bill Hammond. Um, He's written a lot of books, um, and you can go through Amazon and just fly through and. the numerous books that he's written. Um, Two of his most famous books are Apostles, Prophets, and the Coming Moves of God, God's End Time Plans for His Church and Planet Earth.
1: Isn't that the big one? That's That's the biggie. biggie.
0: That's the one you want on your shelf if you want to be a prophet. And the second one you would want on your shelf is Prophets and Personal Prophecies. One of the interesting things, and you'll find a number of interesting things if you read Bill Hammond, but... He points out that if there is a teaching in the Old Testament and it has not been um, obliterated in the New Testament, then it is still to continue. So his example would be tithing, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So there's tithing in the Old Testament. The New Testament doesn't mention it. Therefore, that means that it is to continue. He uses this as an argument for prophets continuing through the New Testament prophets in the Old Testament. There was no teaching that said there are no longer any prophets in the New Testament. So therefore, it is to continue.
1: So then according to Bill Hammond's logic, if the punishments of the Old Testament prophets haven't been done away with in the New Testament. then you would
0: think they should continue. Yeah.
1: And if a prophet gets it wrong. In the Old Testament, and it hasn't been mentioned in the New Testament or carried over to the New Testament or done away with in the New Testament, then you have an issue there, too, don't you?
0: That's one of his teachings that seems to be, if it fits, he uses it. So we wanted to talk about a few of the things he says in his books, and we'll go right to this first slide where he says present-day prophets have the same anointing, authority, and ministry they had in the Old Testament.
1: Okay. So? If they have the same anointing authority and ministry that they had in the Old Testament, why aren't the same? Why don't the same rules apply in the New Testament to them as it does in the Old Testament? And that would
0: mean that they were speaking the very words of God. Now, Hammond does go on to say that prophets now are not on the same level as Old Testament prophets. But then he goes on to make this statement To reject God's prophets is to reject God. To fail to recognize the prophets or to keep them from speaking is to refuse God permission to speak.
1: So he is putting them then on the same level as the Old Testament prophets. So he speaks out of both sides of his mouth. Yeah,
0: whatever's convenient. Um, This next one, Bill Hammond says, while God was shaking the dictatorial one man rule in the nations, he was also working in the church. The day of the One Great Man ministry started coming to an end. God began to emphasize the team ministry principle as never before since the first century church. The apostle prophet teams were restored. The husband and wife teams were activated so that the wife, instead of just serving as a helper to her husband, became a collaborating minister. We at Christian International Network of Churches ordain the husband and wife Equally, this is the day and hour when God is bringing forth his women to be the ministers that God ordained them to be. Because, ladies, you should not be satisfied with, as Bill Hammond says, just serving as helper to your husband.
1: Yeah. Like, no, no. Yeah. And that's, that is so... That is so evil. And what these guys are doing is they are, they are literally before our very eyes, they are adding to scripture. So
0: why don't we go ahead and watch a clip of Bill Hammond?
1: Absolutely. Don't you
5: believe that the the prophetic is more important now than any time in history? Absolutely. Uh, What I, the revelation God gave me in 1983 was that he was going to raise up a company of prophets in the power and the spirit of Elijah's Malachi, chapter four, verse five and six says, Behold, I'll send you Elijah the prophet, and he'll prepare the way and make ready a people before the great and terrible day of the Lord come. Well, Jesus said John the Baptist fulfilled that on a personal level, Mm -hmm. and he became the prophet that prepared the way for Jesus to be manifested as a Messiah. But now, he prepared the way for one Messiah to come. Now. A WHOLE COMPANY OF PROPHETS PREPARING THE WAY FOR JESUS TO COME AGAIN. BUT TO PREPARE THE WAY, WE HAVE TO GET THE REVELATION OF THE MYSTERIES AND THE purposes THAT HAVE TO BE FULFILLED. AND ACTS 3.21 SAYS, JESUS IS HELD IN THE HEAVENS. THIS IS EMPHASIS OF THE BOOK HERE. HELD IN THE HEAVENS UNTIL THE RESTORATION OF ALL THINGS THAT GOD HAS SPOKEN BY THE MOUTH OF ALL HIS HOLY PROPHETS since mm-hmm. the world began. So we had to have the prophets reactivated to prophesy uh, what's been prophesied and tell us where we're at, what's going on. And that's been my main ministry for 60 years is where the church came from, where we're at, and where we're going. Amen. And that's what this book th- that covers, the first reformation, the second reformation, and now the third reformation that we're in. And 2008, God spoken from heaven and said, the third and final church reformation had begun. Mm-hmm. and. Um, you you know, about 11 years ago, we saw you. But since that time, um, I got the revelation on the Third Reformation. And so I started teaching that. Then the Lord said, now write the book that will help them fulfill it. So I wrote the book on 70 reasons for speaking in tongues.
0: So buy my book. And if you don't buy my book, buy my other book.
1: Yeah. And there is so much wrong with this video. I don't even know where to begin. I, Robin and I literally had to pause this and, re, and and watch this again so that we could really just try to pick this apart a little bit.
0: Right. So I wrote down a few things that you want to comment on. The first thing is he um, in the beginning, uh, Jim Baker says that the prophetic movement now is more important than any time in
1: history. So the foundation of the church is built upon the apostles and the prophets. That is the foundation of the church, past, former, not this ongoing office of prophet. And so the scriptures are written by the prophets and the apostles. So they're saying that they NAR prophets. This time that the NAR prophets are in is more important than all of history, with all of the prophetic uh, um, um, utterances, if you want to call, if you want to call, say, call it the way, what they call it, pointing towards Christ, and then ultimately finding its fulfillment in Christ's death and resurrection for us. Their stuff, their lies, their NAR prophecies are far more important than that
0: yeah and you had mentioned a verse while you were talking about this in Deuteronomy chapter 18 verse 15 the lord your god will raise up for you a prophet like me from among you from your brothers it is to him you shall listen
1: him you shall listen not these nar prophets now what else did you write down there um
0: he said in 1983 that god will raise up a company of prophets uh, Having to do with Malachi, yeah, chapter four. Yeah, do you yeah. want to go to that verse? Yeah, quickly? let's go ahead. Why
1: don't Why don't we do that?
0: Um, we're in Malachi chapter four, verses five and six. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the great and awesome day of the Lord comes, and he will turn the hearts of fathers to their children and the hearts of children to their fathers, lest I come and strike the land with a decree of utter
1: destruction. Folks, that prophecy was fulfilled in John the Baptist, and Jesus Christ said so. Now, here is the issue. You have all of these uh, false teachers from, you know, Mm -hmm. way back, and I've got clips of them, uh, newspaper clips of these guys. John Alexander Dowie claiming to be the fulfillment of the prophecy of Malachi 4, claiming to be Elijah himself. You had Charles Fox Parham, the founder of the Pentecostal uh, movement, um, claiming to be Elijah. You had um, uh, Frank Sanford, Frank Sanford claiming to be Elijah. You had William Branham claiming to be the fulfillment of that Elijah. And now you have Bill Hammond saying that he has got from directly from Jesus Christ himself, the revelation that. The company of prophets of the NAR are the fulfillment of yeah. Malachi. All the prophets four. are
0: being reactivated for the same time. And then, of course, in 2008, God spoke directly to him and talking to him about writing the books.
1: Yeah. And so, if God is going to tell Bill Hammond, think about I mean, r- r- let this sink in. If God is going to tell Bill Hammond to write a book, why is that book that God commanded Bill Hammond to write? Not on par, at least in some way with scripture
0: correct and please understand this wasn't Bill Hammond saying he felt prompted by the Holy Mm-mm. Spirit or you he heard a right. whisper, God spoke directly to me from heaven
1: mm-hmm. That's yeah. what he said audibly yeah. so yeah, these guys th- th- this this whole video, I hope just it's irksome yeah, lets you see that this whole movement is built upon, Twisting scripture and direct revelation, so you have to believe these guys. There's nothing in the Bible that talks about, uh, you know, yeah. Jesus being trapped in heaven, and now you have to. Now the the, the prophets have to be reactivated so that and
0: now it's Jesus. Can come Jesus. Back. Yeah, He's stuck in a room in heaven. No, it, that is ridiculous. It
1: is so man centered and ungodly. Yeah. honey. I tell you.
0: Let's go on mm-hmm. to another NAR prophet. Um, oh. One of our favorites, Rick Joyner. He <laughs> wrote. The Final Quest, oh, which is a three book series. And if you have ever seen a Rick Joyner clip on YouTube, he's interesting. He wrote this um, book called Final Quest. And this is the book is actually a revelation and a group of revelatory dreams that he had. Um, and in his introduction, he says the following. Using prophetic revelations, I must state emphatically that I do not believe that any kind of prophetic revelation is for the purpose of establishing doctrine. We have the scriptures for that. There are two basic uses for the prophetic. The first is for revealing the present and future strategic will of the Lord in certain matters. And the second, he says, such revelations are also given for illuminating doctrine that is taught in the scripture, but may not have been clearly understood yet. Prophetic experiences are numerous and diverse and include all of the primary ways that God spoke to His people in the Scriptures. Because the Lord is the same today as He was yesterday, He has never ceased to speak to His people in the same ways, which we see continued in the New Testament just as in the Old. The same supernatural experiences found in the Scriptures can be seen throughout church history and are becoming increasingly common today.
1: Okay so he says that um, using prophetic revelations he states emphatically here that um, uh, it's not for the purpose of establishing doctrine and yet that's what all of this stuff is it's doctrine doctrine is nothing but uh, doctrine is just teaching that's what it is and and this is and so if if uh, if Jesus Christ is uh revealing the present or future strategic will if that's what these prophets I'm sorry The prophets, if the prophets are revealing the present or future strategic will of the Lord, well, that is doctrine, the will, whatever the Lord is saying to them and what God wants them to do, that they've got to, you know, proclaim that to the church and and like that's um, doctrine.
0: Yeah. Like Bill Hammond says, to reject that is to reject God. So Rick Joyner does the same thing. He says it's not on the same level. But throughout his books, he's like, you better listen to us. Yeah. Um, So we did want to have a little bit of fun and read a little bit of a slide. Um, We have a slide from The Final Quest, um, his prophetic revelatory dream.
1: And folks, I got to tell you, I've read this book and it is a wackadoodle book. If you want... I don't even know how to I, I would to say, say straight comedy, from straight from Woodstock. Uh, yeah, like he he yeah. must have dropped uh you know a hit of acid or something and 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 wrote the book. I, I don't know it's 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 it, insane. It's
0: white illuminating. So let's read a little bit. I carefully approached the eagle that had landed near me because his presence was so awesome. When he looked at me with his penetrating eyes, I knew I could hide nothing from him. His eyes were so fierce and resolute that I trembled. Chills ran through me just from looking at him. Before I could even ask, he answered me, you want to know who we are. We are the hidden prophets who have been kept for this hour. We are the eyes of those who have been given the divinely powerful weapons. We have been shown all that the Lord is doing and all that the enemy is planning against you. We have scoured the earth, and together we know all that needs to be known for the battle.
1: So this is an allegory.
0: No, it's actually not an allegory. Someone suggested that he do like a Pilgrim's Progress type thing with it and turn it into an allegory. He said, no, I want to write the actual dreams that I had because they were prophetic. So these are not just a good story. These are what he claims to be prophecies and visions from God.
1: Yeah. So he saw all of this. This this yes. is not an allegory.
0: Yes. And so the prophets are all eagles, I guess. <laughs> okay. Moving on to another apostle slash prophet. Um, we have a clip by Jennifer LeClaire and she's going to explain how apostles and prophets work together.
4: Prophets, prophets may announce a new direction. So prophets announce; they confirm. Prophets may announce a new direction where apostles execute the word. Now I'm not saying this is the tail wagging the dog. Apostles can be very prophetic. Apostles obviously hear from the Lord. Apostles can be the one that gets the vision, but many times. The apostle gets the vision, but the prophet will get the direction and the timing. And then the apostle will take that word and follow along that word. Many, many times Prophet Vanessa will tell me something I'm 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 wanting to do, trying to do, and, and she'll tell me, she'll she'll tell me that I don't think it's time yet. Or 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 yeah I I think that 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 the time is, is right now so I consult I consult with the pastors I consult with with other people like Wilbur and Ingrid I consult with Karen I consult we have a team that we meet together and we and I consult with other people because they have different gifts that I do not have they have different insights perspectives that I do not have so prophets may announce a new direction like I see this church is shifting in the realm of evangelism and I see evangelism teams rising in this church and going out and I see church growth coming from the multiplication efforts from the evangelists So then it's up to the apostle to say, yes and amen, I I receive, I judge, and I receive that word, and I discern the time is now. Now I'm going to organize teams. I'm going to put a chief evangelist in place, or I'm going to break uh, the church into five teams, and we're going to go out once every, whatever. It's a strategy. So the prophet will announce something prophetically, and the apostle will say, okay, here's how we're going to do it.
0: Yeah. So there you go. Okay. Yeah. I don't even think we want to comment on her, do we? Nope. Okay going on to another definition the icpl the international coalition of prophetic leaders tells us that there is a difference between a prophet and having the gift of prophecy so they say the office gift of the prophet will carry much more power and authority and sound indeed but additionally someone who is in the office gift will be recognized and hold a form of leadership role prophets will raise up other people in their gifting both in training and impartation many times a prophet will lead or be a part of a prophetic company and will be recognized as such. A prophet can lay hands on another prophet imparting and mentoring, like Elijah and Elijah. A prophet can lay hands on and anoint a king or government leader, like Samuel anointing King David. A prophet may prophesy direction both individually and corporately to the church, and occasionally bring correction in love, in the Old and New Testament, the prophets declared judgment. As, noticed in, as noted in Acts 13, prophets can, at the prompting of the Spirit, lay hands on, anoint, and launch ministers into their assignments and calling, as they did with Barnabas and Saul. So that was a good definition of what they say a prophet does. And now I think we have a clip of James Gall explaining the difference between the prophet and the gift of prophecy.
2: Um, so that kind of is, is, is that level. Can you just speak
3: a little bit more about that? Yeah, so we give expression to the impression. And so sometimes those are little snapshot pictures. But now you were using a reference like in personal ministry to more of the visionary dimension. And so that would be like a seer realm, visions experiences of that nature. But then there is the bubbling up gift of prophecy that is going to like give a word of encouragement, a a word perhaps of uh, consolation or comfort. And so yes, that is what you and many are operating in personal ministry, but you can also be a prophetic intercessor. And so it isn't as much ministering to people, you're taking your revelation, You're praying back to God. You're praying through the prophecies of the word of God that have not fully been met and fulfilled yet, like Simeon and Anna in Luke chapter two. And Anna was called a prophetess, but it doesn't ever give one account of her actually personally prophesying.
1: If she was called a prophetess, guess what she was, folks, according to scripture i guessing she was a prophet. She was a prophetess. I'd um, like to choose "bubbling up"
0: for 200, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> so You give the expression to the impression.
2: I like that. In oh. fact, you have a you have a little list here. Um, purposes of the gift of prophecy. Mm-hmm. Now, I, again, we're we're talking about there's a differentiation between the office, yes. the gift, um, but edification, exhortation, comfort, con- to convict and convince, instruction. Impartation of yeah, gifts.
3: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I have had, you know, people lay hands on me. I remember when Kenneth Hagan uh, laid hands on me, and believe me, faith. Yeah, I had a supercharge, whatever you want to call it, of an impartation, and my faith was built up. Okay. Red flag. Red <laughs> flag. Boop, boop, boop. Red flag. So, look, seriously, if Kenneth Hagan
1: <laughs> laid hands on, <laughs> laid you. Hands on uh, James Gall, that pretty much you know, tells you where James Gall is at. ha 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 ha
5: ha 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 This is the first time we've had a
4: full manifestation of that anointing. We got there. Yeah. we
1: got there. Because Kenneth Hagin was, is, or was the biggest <laughs> word of faith heretic that I think has ever walked the face of this a earth. And now
0: disqualification. It's so yeah. let's talk a little bit about prophets and the topic of accuracy. Yeah. I know the Old Testament says that If you are a prophet of God, you are.
1: You're going to be accurate. Right. You're not going to get it wrong like these NAR prophets have gotten it wrong. And uh, so these passages of scripture we've read before on our videos, but we're going to do it again because these are very important passages.
0: Very much so. I'm in Deuteronomy chapter 18. Verses 20 through 22. But the prophet who presumes to speak a word in my name that I have not commanded him to speak, or who speaks in the name of other gods, that same prophet shall die. And if you say in your heart, How may we know the word that the Lord has not spoken? When a prophet speaks in the name of the Lord, if the word does not come to pass or come true, that is a word that the Lord has not spoken. The prophet has spoken it presumptuously. You need not be afraid of him.
1: So if that prophet, whatever that prophet speaks, doesn't come true, that is something that God has not told them. These people who spouted and I, and, and we're thinking of, you know, first of all, the Trump prophecies. Those are the biggies. And that's something that a lot of people continue to hammer. I think it's important to hammer. Um I think it's one of
0: the things that this is an important issue right now in the NAR mm-hmm. is because there were so many false prophecies about Trump getting reelected.
1: Here's the thing. Um, not only did they get the Trump prophecies wrong, but they didn't see coronavirus coming.
0: Um, and yeah, I think we have a clip about that. Absolutely. This clip before we show it is Russ Moyer, who is the um, head president. Prophet, I don't know if he's the presiding prophet, over the International Coalition of Apost- um, Prophetic Leaders. Mm-hmm. And he is, in this clip, um, giving a word for 2020 in January, just weeks before everything was shut down with the coronavirus.
1: Here we go.
6: He's realigning, redefining a shift has taken place. And the Lord is realigning and redefining his people. He's bringing forth tribes He's letting us know where we belong and where we stand. He's redropped the plumb line all over the earth. He's preparing the hearts of men and the hearts of nations. What does God have his finger on now? He's building apostolic models with structure, fruitfulness, and function. Apostles and prophets walking together, relaying the foundation of Ephesians two eighteen through twenty to complete the restoration of all things the second wave of the prophetic restoration sweeping the church and pointing the way legacy alignment for sons and daughters stepping into their rightful place taking their inheritance the next generation coming alive in the spirit with righteousness and holiness on their hearts uncompromised and relentless a shift back to conservative values and mindsets back to the basics discipleship and mentoring foundational truths, reconciliation and restoration, relationship, intimacy, souls and prayer are all going to be a hallmark of 2020. So that is
1: prophecies for the year of 2020. So they didn't get the coronavirus right. And so we have a little clip here from Patricia King talking about that. We've
2: got this, this global pandemic happening. Um, the economy
0: tanked. People were out of jobs everywhere. People are dying everywhere. And, Um, it doesn't seem that hardly any prophets picked up on it. At least it wasn't decreed. Then once it happened, we were getting, uh, prophetic, uh, words that were saying everything's going to be okay. It's not a big deal. It's going to be fine. And of course, um, you know, people ended up dying and, um, our nations were very much impacted by it. The economies were impacted by it. And so, of course, um, the, the prophetic this credibility is in question.
1: Very much so. Good for you, Patricia King. Yeah, I <laughs> mean, I mean, so um, yeah, they were they were prophesying when it, I remember when it first came out. Uh, uh, Kenneth Copeland, especially, prophesying that it was over, it was done. But right, uh, you know, uh, good, right. good, really good prophecy right there. So
0: we have another clip, and this is Chris Vallaton who um, prophesied, I believe, that Trump would earn his second term, that he would get voted into office and then made this kind of mea culpa clip about um, perhaps why he got it wrong.
7: Well, I've shared this a couple of times before, but Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 29, that two or three prophets are to speak and the others are to pass judgment. And In 1 Thessalonians chapter 19, he says this, don't quench the spirit and do, do not despise prophetic utterances, but examine everything carefully and then hold fast to what is good. And I just want to begin this conversation by talking about the fact that God has a, if you will, a safety net, a balance of power in the body of Christ for everybody. Here we're talking about prophecy and prophets, that prophecy and prophets were never meant to live in the world of infallibility. And the truth is, when we create a system where we believe that people are supposed to be infallible think about how crazy that is like are we actually saying that there's a certain title that you wear that means that everything you say should be taken as being infallible you are infallible yes yes
1: Yes, we do especially if you are speaking for god you better have it right look I don't care if you believe that modern day prophets still exist or not. That's not the issue. The issue is, if you're going to claim to be a prophet, you better be accurate. You better get it right. But
0: Chris Vallaton in his clip said, we're never meant to live in a world of infallibility.
1: <laughs> well, uh, of course, if you're That's not, convenient. you know, I, I understand. Yo, so, yeah, that is convenient. A pastor may get up in a pulpit and he may preach and he may get something wrong. Mm. But if you are claiming to have a word, a word from God, if you're claiming to have a direct uh, a message given to you by direct revelation, Mm -hmm. it better be right. Otherwise, you're a false prophet. And I'm going to tell you something. It doesn't matter that the New Testament doesn't mention what the Old Testament mentions about false prophets, Uh, you know, whether or not if if they are if they are not accurate, they are wrong the new testament apostles relied on old testament scripture they they knew old testament scripture they didn't have to say that they they already just um they they assumed that their people would already know this
0: you know it's like they want the best of both worlds okay we're just like old testament prophets except we're not on the same level but we speak revelation from god but we don't need to get it right.
1: Yeah, so it's okay. Keep listening to us. It's fine. We we'll just right trust once us. in a while. Yeah, yeah. Folks, if they get one prop I don't care if they get a hundred pro- a prophet that claims to be a prophet, a person that claims to be a prophet gets a hundred prophecies right and then he gets one wrong all of his, you know, he's a false prophet. Everything he says, you you just shouldn't even listen to him.
0: Absolutely. And we're going to read um, some excerpts from an interesting article on this in a bit. But I think we do have another.
1: Yes, we do. Another
0: part of that Chris Vallotton clip.
1: Yes, we do. And here it is.
7: And what I'm getting at is that the moment that a leader thinks that he is infallible is the moment that he begins the slippery slope towards building a cult. think about that. Who would want Who's ever stood up and said, "I am infallible, like I speak for God, and I've never missed what God has said through me to other people. Uh, the moment that you require humans to be infallible is the moment that you've actually joined the cult, and the moment you judge others through the lens of infallibility and teach others to do the same is the moment in which you become the leader of the cult <laughs> I, I, I just really want to just say like is there the people that are well i see kind of two groups of people there's people like you're a false prophet because you missed the prophecy and i'm like uh i would say uh, most of those people because i've dialogued with them they actually don't believe in modern day prophecy or prophets so they're kind of like well here's my evidence that you are a false prophet because you actually got it wrong and i'd like to point out that um in the new testament god actually has a system of judging prophecies in the old testament we judge prophets and new testament we judge prophecy and the reason he actually put into place in his word a way to judge prophecies is because he didn't expect people humans to be in to be fallible to be infallible and so because of the infallibility of human of of a human being he actually put checks and balances in the body of christ
1: wow okay so, first of all, let me say this. This is off topic, but as you you saw, uh, I had to take the pitch, uh, make Chris Valentin's pitch higher, mm-hmm. and I had to kind of cartoon him because the guys at Can't Bethel be right. and others... They don't like to play nice mm-hmm. with a fair use law, and so it's for copyright purposes. I'm not trying to make fun of Chris Vallotton, and in the last video we did, I wasn't trying to make fun of T.D. Jakes. It's just these guys are known for throwing out copyright stuff, so we have to okay. manipulate the video. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's talk about some of the things that Chris said in that, uh, in that So clip. One of the
0: first things he says is, we're, we were never meant to live in a world of infallibility.
1: We were never meant to live in a world of infallibility, but the problem is the prophet was speaking for God. He had to be infallible. Now he also said that you know there's a new system or or, or a, a difference a system in the Old Testament with ch- or in the New Testament. I'm sorry, with checks and balances. So, so he distinct. In- In the Old Testament, you judge a prophet, but in the New
0: Testament, you judge the prophecy.
1: So again, they're making a distinction, which I don't believe you can do, between prophecy or the gift of prophecy and being a prophet. If you have the gift of prophecy, you're a prophet. And I want to say this, God tells the Israelites how they will know whether a prophet is a genuine prophet. And that is if his word comes to pass. So let me ask you this. Did the Israelites have to judge what the prophets were saying? They had to do the same thing that Paul and John tell us to do, and Jesus even tells us to do in Matthew 7 in the New Testament. They judged the words of the prophet. They judged the words of the prophet. They were doing the same thing in the Old Testament as they are in the New, and there's no distinction
0: between it. So Chris Vallaton also says in that um, short clip, he said... Who can say, I am infallible or I speak for God?
1: Anybody who claims to be a prophet. Again, I want to reiterate what I said earlier. It doesn't matter whether you believe in the gift of prophecy or not. It doesn't matter whether you believe that the gift of prophecy is still for today or not. If you claim to be a prophet, you are speaking directly for God, God has given you a word that he wants for an individual, that he wants for his church, or like they say, that he wants for a nation. If that is true, if if you claim to ha- hold even a prophecy for an individual, it better be correct because you are literally speaking the very words of God. Just when, like whenever you speak scripture, you're speaking of God. So does it matter? It doesn't matter if you believe in New Testament prophecy, whether it exists or not. The The rules of a prophet still carry over from Old State Testament to New.
0: Right. I did think it was interesting, too, that he brought up a few times how it's cult-like to expect a prophet to be correct, right? You're starting this cult, the cult of Biblical accuracy,
1: the cult of biblical accuracy. That's a very good. Thank you. uh, Maybe that's what we should call ourselves, the cult of all all of us who believe that the Bible matters and that, uh, you know, what God's word says matters. That's what we should call ourselves. Right. The cult of biblical accuracy.
0: So um, Christianity Today came out with an article, and this was soon after the um, the big Trump issue where all of these false prophets are claiming that Trump will get voted in, and he did not. And Christianity Today came out with an article um, about why political prophecies get it wrong. And we just wanted to share a little bit of information from that article. They state that mistakes in prophecy do not make everyone who's mistaken a false prophet any more than mistakes in teaching make everyone who's mistaken a false teacher.
1: Okay, that doesn't work. Because teachers are not claiming direct revelation. Sure, mm-hmm. Certainly a teacher can get it wrong. I mean, that's just that, that, that just goes, it happens. you know, we get it wrong. Um, um, your, your pastor gets it wrong sometimes. The point is, is that they're not claiming to speak direct revelation. A prophet is claiming direct revelation from God. Even if he says, oh, I feel like God is saying to me, you need to marry this person. Or I feel like God wanted me to give you uh, this word of knowledge, whatever, you know, it's it's Mm. you're still claiming to speak for God. Right.
0: Um, They also say, but even godly people can sometimes misinterpret what they hear. Not everyone always hears God as clearly as Moses did face to face. And I would quickly say, That not everyone should be a prophet then, right?
1: Exactly. And that's the point. Again, if if you're claiming to hear from God, you better get it right.
0: Absolutely. Um, Continuing, not only are all prophecies partial lot more dangerously. Sometimes we may confuse our wrong interpretation with God's message. Some of us might remember times of praying for the right spouse or job. The more emotionally involved we are personally in a decision, the harder it often is to think and hear clearly. And yes, that is talk, they're talking about being a prophet, mm-hmm. which yeah. doesn't make sense to me at all. There's a huge difference between just being a person who may not be clear on what God wants them to do, To being a prophet who's not clear on what God wants them to tell other people.
1: How can you be a prophet and not know clearly what God is saying? How can you claim that gift? That's not a gift.
0: They're saying you're letting your emotions get involved with the message that God is sending to you. So you are not interpreting it correctly. Poor God, he so it's he, not your fault.
1: Yeah, he doesn't know how to speak to you directly eh, mm. because you keep garbling things up. And poor God, you know, he's he's omnipotent and he but he still needs you. He still needs you to remove all that garbage out of your mind and out of your heart before he can speak clearly to you. So it again, it all depends upon you.
0: Yeah. Um continuing, saying that all the prophecies that made it into the Bible are perfect doesn't mean that none of God's servants ever uttered imperfect prophecies.
1: Yes, it does. (laughs) Yes, it does. If you're a prophet, you better have it right. So this is, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Okay, folks. So um, these are the NAR prophets, the new apostolic reformation prophets who claim to be uh, you know, ruling and governing, or they, at least they want to rule and govern the church.
0: Rule and govern and usher in the kingdom for us.
1: Yes. Making sure that poor Jesus, who's trapped in heaven, can come back for you and me because it all depends upon the NAR prophets. Thanks for watching. Bye.